Corner Six with me, Warren. And me, Alicia Bell. And I hope you've enjoyed our list of podcasts so far. Welcome back to the show. What are we talking about today, Alicia Bell? Today, we are talking all about that money. The bag. We're talking about the bag. We're talking about securing the bag, dropping the bag, and about the man who owns the bag right now. Apparently so. Richest man in the world. Yeah, I don't believe Brand those new richest man of the world. Let's do a round of applause for Mr. Elon Musk. I don't think... So when they say he's the richest man in the world, he owns the stock in his own company and various other assets, which makes his wealth worth him being the wealthiest man in the but world. But I also read that um tesla on its own surpassed the 500 billion mark in how much it's worth Mm. so even if he owns the stock surely money's still going into his pocket every time somebody buys a car no but that's the thing you don't pay yourself when you're at that level you essentially hold all your money in stock because you don't get taxed on stock so oh that makes sense oh that's why he can then be the richest because he's not actually getting taxed exactly yeah once you start getting taxed that's when yeah it just becomes all long because yeah because then you might be earning a certain amount of money but that's not necessarily how much you're making exactly but tell me what elon musk is uh planning to do with half of his wealth so you say well okay so previous episodes i did mention that i wasn't a big fan of jeff Bezos. you hated him no okay hate's a strong word i take that back i'm really sorry jeff now that you're not the richest man in the world i kind of feel sorry and apologize for his post because he <laughs> delivered things on time that's what he does gets no, things to your door anyway, on time. we're not talking this is not a jeff bezos podcast and he also walks around his his distribution centers and makes sure all his staff are okay and well as I recall, you asked me a question about Elon Musk, not Jeff Bezos. Okay, cool. Let's go so, Elon Musk um, reportedly said that, quote, about half my money is intended to help problems on Earth and half to help establish a self-sustaining city on Mars to ensure continuation of life of all species in case Earth gets hit by a meteor like the dinosaurs or World War Three happens and we destroy ourselves. So he's basically planning to be the first person to take us off of this planet. I think he's trying to secure a future for humankind, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. Like, why should we go around fiddling about with other planets to also make them extinct and rubbish in a couple billion hundreds, however many years? So like the same thing is going to happen. Human nature isn't necessarily going to change just because we're in a new place. So one man is going to take that entire planet or whoever's left over. Well, he has about 136 billion pounds in order to do so. So I don't see. I mean, I think he's going to go broke before issue. that. <laughs> He'll go broke before trying to move. Before trying to move us to Mars. If NASA can't do it and they're funded by a government with which basically has unlimited money. But NASA has been able to establish that there is life on Mars. To get to Mars. To get a human to Mars. Yeah, I don't think they've figured that out yet. The only person who's done that is the Martian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, what do you think about life on other planets? Because I do sometimes think that because we have such an idea about what humans look like, that 
yeah, we create in our heads that, well, if they're not humans, they're going to be weird little green people. Tinfoil hat time. Going to Mars would be amazing because, you know, it's another planet, another place in which we can conquer and take over, you know. Yeah, so that's what I think. Yeah, but I don't know if human world domination is what we really universe need. domination universe domination galaxy domination yeah, no we're milky way domination <laughs> we're not the only ones on in the universe definitely not and i believe aliens definitely do not look like how we've represented them there must be a certain yeah no 100 percent not um i would love to meet an alien though i think that would be pretty cool i think we shouldn't meet aliens that's what we, we shouldn't should. no we shouldn't why do you think it causes a blip in the time-space continuum? That has nothing to do with it. But <laughs> if we are meeting aliens, they might give us information that we're not ready for. Do you reckon? I feel like that could be a possibility. But maybe that's what we need. Maybe the world needs to implode on itself with all the information so that it can grow anew and grow better. So wipe everyone out on Earth. Elon must must takes everyone who's left to mars and then we have we the build again i don't know anyway that is not what this episode is about no, i don't know not. how we got into talking about aliens but i think it is pretty i don't really know honorable? it's unfathomable wait what did you just say honorable of honorable elon, yeah of elon Musk to you know dedicate half of his wealth or his funds or whatever he has in his pocket to the earth and other half to getting people to mars but if you think about it if he does get people to mars who becomes the king of mars elon why does there have to be this is what i mean though we're so bound by our human earth thinking that ranking what of ranking of ranking oh my goodness i thought you said something else (laughs) um hierarchy i think we're so bound by that notion that we don't see that democracy in a sense can really work if everybody else is equal we always feel like we need a leader and that's what we're used to so if nobody is the figurehead or if nobody's in place then everything crashes which i don't know if it's necessarily true whether or not we've had the right conditions to try and test that out probably not but yeah i don't know i feel like it's quite interesting that you said that who's going to be the king of mars like there needs to be a king of mars there needs to be there needs to be a leader humans in one of our episodes we talked about humans needing to follow in terms of that's our nature to follow Mm -hmm. so having a king or a leader or a government but what makes that person so much better and more knowledgeable than you as an individual no that person's just a not a figurehead but that person's just someone who can make an example and keep us based on their own ideas no yeah, based on their own ideas. But say if their ideas are crap, which most leaders do have crap ideas. Well, we that are just... self-serving. Why would you want to bring that to Mars? He would have the money in it. He's the person who got so, us there in the first place. So you'd have so to follow the person. So power equates who... to how much money you have. Is he's the first person who would get us to Mars? So he so would have to be he the leader. To be king, just exactly. You got people there. Yeah. I think that's flawed. So then we'd have to vote for a king or vote well, for a leader. Yeah, we'd have to vote for the person who was right for the job. Anyway, I'm against anyone being the king of Mars. I think people should be self-governing 
and there should be collective bodies where everyone is an equal and everybody so listens like, to everyone and the people are the leaders. So like Extinction Re- Rebellion. I don't know what that is. You don't know what Extinction Re- Rebellion is? Oh, you mean the, the group, people, the climate change exactly, group. Exactly, the oh. climate change group. They don't have a leader. And what oh, happened? Do they not? Well, that's I don't cool. Think they the do. people Unless the it's Meta... 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 That little girl. Greta Thunberg is definitely uh, not the leader of Extinction Rebellion, but nice try. I'm pretty sure she is. She's one of their leaders. She's just a leader of the climate change in itself. She just wants there to be... A future for a tomorrow. A future for tomorrow. Exactly. Anyway, aside from all this futuristic talk... I wanted to ask you whether or not you'd think that, you know, in order for Elon Musk to accumulate such wealth, if he's ever made poor financial decisions. I don't really know that much about him, but do you think people with a lot of money make poor financial decisions in the beginning? Oh, yeah, I definitely think that they learn what not to spend their money on and what the issues are when you do, you know, lose a lot of money and there's definitely high risk involved. Mm. There's 100% got to be some sort of gamble he took at some point in which he said okay most likely this invention that i'm making is going to cost me x which is a lot but i think on the backside i should be able to make much more on like making it yeah exactly like my friend mentioned that he took duracell batteries and he took them apart and made them better i don't know how don't That's ask me but so nerdy but in a really cool way shout out to your friend yeah so <laughs> in terms of no no elon musk did that so oh, he took, oh your friend told you the story exactly. about elon musk okay yeah. well i take that shout out back to warren's <laughs> friend imaginary friend That's wow no, <laughs> but in terms of anyone who's who is wealthy it's most likely that they did take a risk at some point in time in which they could have either severely failed and lost a lot of money or they became successful because they took that risk but Mm. a lot of the other times before that they would have most probably lost that money that they put aside for this project yeah you hear a lot of stories about like i was a millionaire and then i lost a million but because i've made a million i knew how to make it back and this time how to build on it which i think is always quite interesting and yeah when you come into new money i think it's definitely difficult to maintain yeah if you haven't been taught or know the tools in how to extend that wealth i think it's very easy i was gonna say what do you think is better old money or new money old money would mean that you've grown up wealthy you you know you've been taught you should have been taught the values of how to keep that wealth and maintain it and you've received the best education and will receive the best jobs opportunities or business opportunities and know the right people. So in yeah. that sense, you should say that old money is better. With new money, you get that hunger. You get the person who, you know, I'd take Gary Vaynerchuk, for example. He had his his dad had a, a corner shop in which he took over. It wasn't an amazing corner shop it was like any other regular shop he ended up taking it over taking over it and you know he did wine tastings on youtube for loads and loads of videos of wine tasting on youtube and eventually he started to sell his wines to different 
areas by shipping it and he opened up the shipping lane for his shop then he did a few more things and you know he grew the platform that he was on and you'd say he's new money but he's just hungry you can hear it in every 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 time he talks and talks about money and talks about success and talks about any issues you might face as someone who's young and wants to start a business he you can hear that hunger and he's trying to drive that into the new generation which would be new money yeah that's fair point i've always thought it would be nice to come from money but yeah i am a huge believer in earning what you work for and i think for a lot of people who come in to inherited money don't necessarily know the real value yeah sometimes they can lose the value and especially if the cornerstone or the person who's the main figurehead who manages that wealth and that fund goes away passes away or anything happens to them the new person or the younger person who is now in charge doesn't know how to manage that that wealth and mm. can end up fumbling that money fumbling the bag yeah exactly so have you ever fumbled the bag like have you ever come into a significant amount of money and then just spent it on shit yeah i'd say yes yeah i've i've come into not a massive amount of money but yeah. i've small fortunes a small fortune you know <laughs> when you go to university you get that first student loan oh i think i definitely fumbled my student finance bag at one point or another there were times at uni where i literally had like 10p in my account and was eating indomie and egg for breakfast lunch and dinner yeah. but that's another story <laughs> it does get hard at uni sometimes you know it's tight i i had a period of time where you know in the in the evening i had to eat oats for breakfast i mean for in the evening i had to eat oats for dinner well, what else would you be eating? Not lunch or breakfast if no, it's in the yeah, evening. Dinner. I had to eat them oats and I didn't even have milk either. Yeah, oats I and water. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There was a time where I did that. Oats and water. That was, That's no, a I was tough gonna time. I going to say that was too poverty for me. <laughs> That's a tough time. That was when you do that, <laughs> you know, okay, I've kind of hit. Like tough a, times never last uh, only tough people last <laughs> a little rock bottom there but it's not completely rock bottom because you've got a roof over your head you've yeah got it's all relative the warmth. i think what has um been really good for me since leaving uni and managing my funds and budgeting has definitely been monzo i think all those kind of new age banks that are coming out to help but you have other views don't you yeah monzo is a trap allegedly in your opinion why it is a trap why okay you put money into pots for certain spending habits yeah, yeah? which is good if you're dividing and budgeting your money well that's also true yep but as a result guess what monzo does what does monzo do monzo gets your data and knows what everyone gets your data yeah but you detail it a lot better for monzo and then they sell that information to Sainsbury's, Tesco's. Yeah, but your data is already being sold. Every time you click, like in any clause, in any terms and conditions, they always say, 
we will always protect your data. However, if it benefits you or our service or blah, 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 you give permission for us to sell to a third party or share your data with third party because it doesn't specify what that third party is. But a lot of the time, in order to know how to advertise to us, know what it is that we're going to buy, all this stuff, they have to know certain things about us. And yeah, our spending habits are really important for that because if brands are trying to push a product, they need to get it in front of the right eyes that know are gonna watch it. Like for example, when you're on your phone, even if I'm searching something in my Safari app, something that I haven't spoken about, I don't you know, like I don't really search for it. It's just this one time I've searched for it. I go on my Instagram, the first ad that I get served is this website so that is safari and whenever i've signed up to apple being like oh yeah to make your experience better you give us permission to and then now that i've gone into another social media it's that little reminder or that little oh well this person is clearly into this so now we're gonna sell it to them i think it's the same as that whenever you sign up to anything there's always a clause about giving your third party data away what i will say is banks have started following in the footsteps of the likes of monzo to retain their customer base in order to give them the same level of detail because oftentimes that's what people need in order to manage their wealth or manage their finances is that data the knowledge what am I spending it on how often am I spending here I think it's interesting as well that it kind of maps out behavior traits in a way as well and your behavior toward when you get money for example my bank statement you'll see that whenever I get paid the first three days I'm spelling hella and then the next couple of days or next weeks until my payday is very scarce payments so I think that's an interesting thing on my behavior and that mentality of now I have some money so I'm gonna go and spend it which I need to manage properly but I wouldn't really know that if I didn't have those statements and all that information to look back on but you had that all that information before you had it in paper you had the opportunity papers killing the planet okay cool you had it on the the banking apps now so i agree with you that you know the more traditional banks have followed to monzo do you want to explain what monzo is so that people know i mean just in case they don't people that don't i did i think i did i just said it was like a new age bank where it maps out your spending for you it offers you and it has no actual physical site yeah, so it's not an actual in the flesh bank. No with cash brick points. and mortar at all. No brick and mortar, as Warren has so yeah. bluntly put it. But do you know why they don't? They they will take. So they advantage. don't have to pay they tax. D- they don't have to pay for a building. They don't have to pay all of that external fee. But you look at this app, and we say, oh, it's the the God saving app where you know we can put money into this pot. And if we spend all that money, what w- what's your natural reaction when you spend the money in the pot to put more money in the pot to spend additional funds? So you don't really, a lot of the time, you probably defeat the whole purpose of the app itself. Yeah, but that's not Monzo's fault. That's just millennials and Gen Z. But that will always but I think happen. That, the, that o- the, the way the to control... The app is supposed to but, stop you from but listen doing to this. Like that. The, the only way to control that habit is to actually manage your own finances or get someone to manage your finances. So, But isn't that what it does? No, this is the thing. You think it's doing that, but it's not. It's not actually managing your finances. To manage your finances meaning means to You're go shouting. through every single... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just putting my point through. 
So to manage your finances is to go through every single tra- transaction, maybe mm-hmm. once a month or twice a w- tw- uh, once every two weeks, put it into a spreadsheet where you physically see those those those. And Monzo does that for you. It does it for you. That's what I'm saying. This is the, the issue. You're saying it does it for you. Yeah. You don't want that app to do it for you. You need to do it yourself because. But you it can gives you. But where do you get that information from? What do you mean? Like, where do you get the information from of where you're swiping your card? And you would know that. You would you would look at the transactions. You would say, yeah, oh, but yeah, how do I look at those transactions? You would look at the, at Monzo. the statement. You would look at the statement. No, but that's the thing. With Monzo, what you're doing is you're, you're saying, this is the pot. You put the money in the pot no, and you spend that's that not, money. That's not actually how it works. Pots are optional. You don't have to have a pot. If you're getting paid into your Monzo account and it's your main thing, and you have a saving pot, that's something completely different. But in your main thing, every time you swipe your card, it collects the information for you, and it shows you exactly where you're spending it, what time of day you're spending it, and it correlates. So if you're somebody who's trying to save money, and you're like, right, you know, after work, every time, you know, around five o'clock, I'm going to Sainsbury's, and I'm spending X amount of money, you're more aware of, okay, well, you know what, one day this week, I'm not going to do that, and you've already saved do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. I think the but pot thing is optional. You okay. don't have to have pots. Or off of your point, you go to Sainsbury's and you tap your card. But you, this is the fifth time you've gone to Sainsbury's after work. And this is supposedly the day you're like, oh, I shouldn't do this. But no, I've got no milk. Or no, I've got no bread at home for, for breakfast tomorrow morning. Well, that's why you have to plan. So you the have whole to plan and budget. That's yeah, I'm not, not saying. Okay, you. yeah, fair enough. That's Monzo, not teaching you. Monzo on its own isn't something that will necessarily get you to change your habits. I think you do have to pair that with something like creating your own budget, your own spreadsheet. But having apps like Monzo makes you getting that information no, so much easier. But it's 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 like a it's like showing you half of the work. It's like doing a bit of the work and then saying oh um you know what i'll still just go and spend that money or i didn't really need to you know have this app no i think you're missing the point look uh, what i'm saying is with this app it's showing you okay it's showing your spending habits but the issue is not that it's showing you the spending habits. The issue is your spending. The only way to control your spending is it's by to see what it is looking, that you're spending. Yeah, and, and that's what it gives you. Yeah, but how many times have, have you personally gone through that spending map and said, "Oh, okay, this is the issue. I'm gonna correct that." I did it the first time at the beginning of this year because and it's how something many, how that I consciously wanted year, to do. How long have you had this app for? For two years. Or so a year? it took Two you or a year. It, it took you a whole year to finally address the issue. Yeah, because it wasn't a pr- it wasn't an issue for me until I actively said to myself, "I need to start saving." And what did you do after that? What was your process for that? So you looked at the app. You said, "Oh, I this looked is- at my spending reports. Yep. I wrote everything down. I yep, identified wrote- where I was yep, going." Yep, yep, That's exactly. Yeah, what but I'm I wouldn't saying. have had that information you, if it wasn't for the no, app. No, you would have that information. But how? 
Because the normal apps, the new normal online apps or any post you get with your, your bank statement has that information. You just choose to ne- neglect it. That's all. It's not about choosing to neglect it. It's just accessible. A, who goes... I mean, yeah, maybe I get what you're saying. Oh, you should go through with the pen and but the paper. But you're less likely to, to do that as a millennial or Gen Z to look at a, sta- a paper statement and be like, okay, I'm going to do this, going to do this. Having something like Monzo encourages you to do that more because you can literally copy and paste the information and then start highlighting it from your phone. Yeah, but it's more efficient that way. You've not even like given me a chance to explain my point to the fullest yet. Okay, finish. You've interrupted me at every single point. Okay, finish explaining. So my point is Mm -hmm. to address the issue, you need to be able to go through every single transaction. Not the ones that they pull from the report or whatever whatever you're talking about. I'm talking about a month statement. You would go through that, you know, what you actually spent your money on. Remember those transactions and say, okay, put it into categories. So you're going the long route. You're not taking a shortcut. You're not using a spreadsheet. You're not taking anyone else's data and putting it into your spreadsheet. You're doing it the hard way. Because when you put time and effort into looking at where you're actually spending your money, you'll correct that issue. And as long as you keep on, as long as you keep on maintaining that and looking at, oh, okay, I spent a hundred pound on food and this is like, you know, comfort food. You can say, okay, that's a lot for the month. So I'm going to reduce that amount. So when I do pass that Sainsbury's, I'm going to say, oh, I'm not going to go in there and get any chocolate cookies because I know that's something that is an issue from my spreadsheet. That's the difference between someone who goes onto a Monzo app and someone who actually sits there and looks at every single transaction for the year and says, okay, these are the points and the pain points of where I actually spend my money. And I think that's where you might think millennials would say, oh, the Monzo app does it for me. But no, you have to take the action yourself. That's that's something you have to do. And I think you have to do it the hard way because the only way to wire yourself to understand that you're spending that money is to do it the hard way. You're always going to return to spending habits if you rely on an app that's designed. Why would they, what, It's designed for saving, but it doesn't show you the core of saving in terms of, you know. But it does. I'm telling you, it doesn't. But it, you don't you even have Monzo. I don't. So then how do you... Oh. Anyway, you just said all of that to say it. you're going to save more if you write it down, which doesn't negate the fact that Monzo will list every single transaction, every single category that you then go and put it in a spreadsheet. I think that's the same as exactly what it is that you're saying. It's just, it's easier because it's already logged and i think that makes a difference really anyone that wanted to save money and was serious about saving money would save the money yeah we all say we'd like to save we like to save but we know that we can get by on a certain amount of money or we know that we can still enjoy and still do x y and z so we're less likely to save but if you got really serious and you had a goal regardless of whether you're using a paper statement or using monzo you're going to keep up with it Another point that I wanted to make was the fact that everything that we do, we want to do it the easiest way possible. It's called the path of least resistance. Like it's actually a thing. Like we do what is easiest for us. So even if we know that something is good, if it's a pain to go through that 
system every single time you're less likely to keep up with it that's fact like that happens to a lot of people mm. so having it easy accessible and you've made the commitment to yourself i don't see how monzo could be a problem like i don't see okay. why you wouldn't save as much okay we'll see with your saving this year we'll see if you reach your saving goal versus i've already have yeah but you can't it's the start of the year yeah exactly and i've already met it so I think the best thing that we should do to kind of end, not end the feud or end the war, but if we set ourselves a goal of how much money we're going to save and every month we do it, so you do it the long way and I do it the easy way. And by the end of the year, we'll see how who's actually reached their saving goals. Yeah. I think that would be a great challenge. I agree. I agree. And the long way will always win when it comes to okay let's see what are your views on this topic do any of you use monzo do you think it helps have you benefited from it or are you in warren's camp and believe that using paper which is killing the planet no i use spreadsheets okay he uses spreadsheets but pulls all his information individually i mean i really don't see the difference anyway do you agree with him and think Monzo is really bad and not actually designed for saving? We would love to hear from you. Or are you with me? I've already just said that. You just want to speak for speaking sake. <laughs> anyway, guys, that has up. been that has been views from the six with me, Alishaba, and Warren. Catch you later, guys. Bye. Peace out.